seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, the trial of the NHS nurse Lucy Letby is continuing at Manchester Crown Court. She wept as she told the court that she was devastated at being accused of murdering seven young babies and the attempted murder of ten others. Asked by her defence lawyer if she'd done anything wrong, no, she replied. She told the jury that she'd only ever done her best to care for the babies. This is a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It involves the most shocking of allegations, the alleged murders and attempted murders of tiny, premature babies at the hands of a neonatal nurse whose very job it was to look after them. Lucy Letby is on trial at Manchester Crown Court, accused of killing seven newborns and injuring ten more at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Cheshire. The jury has now been sitting for seven months. Prosecutors have finished outlining their case and the court has begun hearing from the defence on why, they say, Lucy Letby is not guilty of the 22 charges that she faces. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for The Mail. I will be in court to report on the case as it develops. And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist. Every week we'll examine what's happened and bring you the details behind the headlines. This is the trial of Lucy Letby. So regular listeners will know by now that the babies in this trial are not being named for legal reasons and the identities of their families are also being protected. We're calling them babies A to Q. Seven of the babies died, ten survived. Every one of these babies was or is someone's son or daughter and the mums, dads and families of every baby are present in court listening to every detail of how their child was allegedly killed or harmed. This podcast will go further than the headlines and news reports, but at times you might wonder why we aren't bringing you more detail. That's because we can only tell you what the jury have heard, and that's to preserve the integrity of a fair trial. In this episode of the podcast, we'll walk you through the moment Lucy Letby began giving evidence in her defence. We'll explain for the first time that she found out she was being held responsible for the deaths and collapses of babies in a letter. We'll also hear the detail of her first traumatic arrest at 6am in July 2018, how it impacted her mental health and how she's sickened at the accusations she faces. We'll bring you her answers as to why she wrote on a green post-it note, I am evil, I did this. And we'll hear Lucy Letby tell the court she only wanted to do her best to care for babies and would never hurt them. Welcome to episode 31, 
Lucy Letby pleads her innocence. So Liz, yesterday was a pivotal moment in this case, so much so that we're here recording this extra episode of the podcast. In the last episode that we released on Monday, we said we didn't know if Lucy Letby was going to give evidence in her defence. We had a feeling that she might, but we really couldn't be sure. But now we do know, and Liz, you were in Court 7 for what was a significant moment in this trial. Yes, so seven months after the case began, the jury and the parents of the babies at the heart of these allegations have heard from Lucy Letby directly for the first time. Okay, so before we hear exactly what she had to say, can you walk us through what the jury actually witnessed? So Caroline, the court began sitting as usual at 10.30 yesterday morning, and this time it was the turn of Ben Myers, KC, Lucy Letby's barrister, to address the court and open his defence case. By the time everyone filed into court, that's the lawyers, the police officers, the journalists, Lucy Letby's parents and the mums and dads of the babies allegedly killed or harmed, she was already sat waiting in the witness box. She was dressed all in black, in a smart trouser suit and a fitted top, and she was flanked by two female prison guards. Another male prison officer was also sitting in a chair beside the door to the courtroom. And she faced the jury and stood up when the usher asked her to take the oath. She swore on the Bible to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So she gave evidence yesterday for just over four hours, but this didn't happen all at once. No, there were regular breaks across the day. She's giving evidence for around an hour at a time, with a 15-minute break in the morning and another in the afternoon, with an hour-long lunch break in between. So Mr Myers began by questioning Lucy Letby on her upbringing and her background, and she told jurors that she's an only child, and she grew up in Hereford with her parents, John and Susan. They were both in court to watch their daughter give evidence, as they have been for every day of this trial so far. We also found out that Lucy Letby had two cats called Smudge and Tigger, and she became tearful when Mr Myers spoke about them. She told the jury she'd always wanted to work with children, and decided towards the end of her high school that she wanted to become a nurse, so chose A-levels which would best support her career. And she went on to study for a nursing degree at the University of Chester, and was, she said, the first person in her family to go to university. During her studies, she said she carried out numerous work placements, the majority were at the Countess of Chester Hospital, on either the children's ward or the neonatal unit. She qualified as a Band 5 nurse in September 2011, and she went on to do extra qualifications so she could work with intensive care babies in around March or April 2015. She said her time from then on was predominantly spent looking after the sickest babies on the unit. And Mr Myers asked her about her job. How much did you value being a nurse? Massively. It was everything. And caring for babies? I always strived to go on every course possible to be the best I could. Did you ever want to hurt any baby you looked after? No, that's completely against everything being a nurse is. I am there to help and care, not to hurt. The jury have also heard that she had several godchildren and a photo was shown to the court of a notice board at her home in Chester with cards they'd sent to her. One was a picture of a star and said number one godmother awarded to Lucy Letby. Another was a birthday card apparently sent from her cats which said happy birthday mummy, love Tigger and Smudge. There was also a card with her parents' photograph on it that had been mocked up in the style of a newspaper with the headline Hay Festival Exclusive. 
Lucy Letby explained this was a novelty card from the Hay Literature Festival that they'd attended. Lucy Letby became tearful and wiped her eyes with a tissue as she told the court it was difficult looking at pictures of her home, which was a three-bed semi in Chester. She described buying that first property as a huge milestone. The images shown to the jury included those of her neatly manicured back garden with climbing roses, a tidy sitting room with a corner sofa and a cabinet full of trinkets. There were also childlike ornaments of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves on a windowsill on her landing and cuddly toys on the double bed in her bedroom, including Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore. Her pillowcase also had a bunny on it and the slogan Sweet Dreams was embroidered in pink on her white duvet cover. Now, once we'd heard these personal details, Mr Myers went on to ask Lucy Letby about the moment she was removed from the ward after suspicions arose in July 2016. And remember, this was to a desk job within the hospital, in the Risk and Patient Safety Office. At that point, she'd not been accused of any crime, and in emails, other staff were told she was on secondment. Here's Mr Myers. You were moved from clinical duties in July 2016. Why did you think you were being put in a non-clinical role that July? That there had been an increased mortality rate on the unit, and as a result, numerous staff were having to go through their competency checks and redo their competencies, and that would be starting with myself. That's what I was told by management in the hospital and the executive team. How did you feel when you were removed from your clinical duties? I was devastated because I've always prided myself on being very competent and the fact that I potentially hadn't been competent really affected me. Being taken away from the job I loved really affected me. It was life-changing in that moment. From a self-confidence point of view, it made me question everything about myself. Lucy Letby's composure wavered as she told jurors she first found out she was being held responsible for the deaths of babies when she received a letter from her union, the Royal College of Nursing, three months later in September 2016. And you may recall this was around the time she launched her employment grievance against the hospital. She wept when Mr Myers asked her how this made her feel. It was sickening. I just could not believe it. It was devastating. I don't think you could be accused of anything worse than that. I was just devastated. How did it affect you? I changed as a person. My mental health deteriorated. I felt very isolated from my friends and family on the unit. You said you felt isolated? I wasn't sleeping or eating, and I was started on antidepressants at that point, which I remain on now. What state were you in? They diagnosed me with depression and anxiety. I also take medication to help with sleep. I'm unable to sleep without medication. How bad did the negative feelings get about yourself? There were times when I didn't want to live. What did you think of doing? I thought of killing myself because of what was inferred. How hard had you worked to become a nurse? Very hard. How much did it matter to you? My job was my life, my everything. How did it feel to have that taken away and told you were being held responsible for the deaths of babies you cared for? I can't put it into words. My whole world stopped. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, 
And this is the price of paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption and murder. Wish you were here? Follow the price of paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So in September 2016, Lucy Letby knew she was being held responsible for the deaths of babies on the ward, that her competencies were being questioned, and she was no longer in a clinical role. But it was almost two years later before she was arrested by police. Now we know she was arrested three times in 2018, 2019 and 2020. And as she gave evidence, we found out a lot more about what happened. The court was told she'd never been in trouble with the police before. And Mr Myers asked her to describe the process of her arrest on the 3rd of July 2018. She told the court that the night before, she and her parents had returned from a family holiday and her father was staying with her. She became very tearful as she told her barrister what happened. How did you know the police were coming that day? What's the first you knew? There was a loud knock at the door at six o'clock in the morning. Did you have any idea the police were coming that day? None at all. So when they came in, what happened? They told me I was being arrested for multiple counts of murder and attempted murder. They quickly handcuffed me and took me away. I was taken to the police station in my pyjamas. She said her second arrest in June 2019 was a mirror image of the first. She had no idea police would be coming to her family home in Hereford, where she'd moved to as part of her bail conditions. What's the impact of that on you, the banging and being arrested again? It was just the most scariest thing I've ever been through. It not only happened once, it happened twice and a third time. It's just traumatised me. I'm very sensitive to any noise any unexpected change or new people. I'm easily startled, easily frightened of things. Were you like that before the arrests? No, not at all. I have been diagnosed with PTSD as a result of the arrests. Now, after Lucy Letby was arrested, we know her house, her parents' house and her desk at work were all searched. Some of the notes found during those searches have been outlined already by the prosecution. One of these was a green post-it note. You'll remember this was found inside her diary, and it was crammed full of chaotic phrases including I don't deserve to live. I killed them on purpose because I'm not good enough. I'm a horrible, evil person. And I am evil. I did this. She was asked by Mr Myers to explain it. She told him writing notes was her way of processing emotions, She said she wrote things down that she couldn't say to anyone else. You wrote, I killed them on purpose because I'm not good enough. Had you done something intentionally to harm or kill them? No. Why did you think you may not be good enough? Because that was a suggestion throughout, that I'd been removed from the unit, that I'd done something wrong. That was what was being insinuated to me. Why had you written not good enough and underlined it? That was my overwhelming thought, feeling about myself at the time, that I wasn't good enough. 
Why? Because of the way people made me feel. Had you done anything wrong to hurt any babies? No. How were you feeling? I felt immense responsibility. I felt I had been incompetent or done something wrong that had harmed the children. I will never have children or marry or know what it's like to have a family. Why were you saying that? Because at the time I didn't see any future for myself. I couldn't imagine what life would be or that I would have a future. Why had you written no hope? Because there were times that I didn't have any hope. My whole situation felt hopeless. I killed them on purpose because I'm not good enough. Why did you think you weren't good enough? Because the suggestion throughout was that I'd done something wrong, that my competencies had to be rechecked. I don't deserve mum and dad. I'm evil. I did this. Why say this? I felt at the time if I'd done something wrong and I didn't know I'd done that, I must be such an awful evil person if I'd made mistakes and not known. What did you believe had happened or you had done? That somehow I had been incompetent and done something wrong which had led to an effect on those babies. What did you mean I did this? I felt I must be responsible in some way. Looking back now, how were you coping at the time? I was really struggling. The green post-it note wasn't the only note found in her diary. Now you may recall that there was another white sheet of A4 paper with similar scrawled writings, also found by officers. On it had been written, I don't know if I killed them, maybe I did. Maybe this is all down to me, which had been crossed out. And just like the green post-it, Mr Myers asked his client to explain it. Why would you have written something like this? Because that's how I was feeling at the time. Why crossed out like it is? That's just something I'd do. I would cross out certain things. It was a way of me processing things and dealing with things. How did it make you feel, wondering if you'd killed them? I hated myself. The allegation is that you intended to hurt these babies. Did you do anything intending to hurt anyone? No, never. How easy was it to control your thoughts when you were feeling this way at this time? It's not. They're very random and sporadic. As they came to my mind, that's how they'd be written down. There was no structure to them. It says, I want to die. Is that how you felt? Yes. I couldn't see how my life would ever be the same again. I didn't want to live with a life I had at the time. Mr Myers also took her through another of the notes, the yellow post-it, which was found in a handbag in her bedroom following her arrest. This note was crammed full of names and phrases, and it included the name of a doctor colleague Lucy Letby became close to at the hospital. We can't name him for legal reasons, but we've been calling him Dr A throughout this trial. And you might remember she became tearful when he gave evidence in the trial several weeks ago. Mr Myers pointed to the phrase, Love was all we needed, and Lucy Letby explained it was lyrics from a Craig David song. The barrister asked, Are you saying that to anyone in particular? No, this wouldn't be for anyone to read. It was just an outlet. It says Dr A's name. What does it say underneath? My best friend. Is that referring to Dr A? I believe so. Is that what you felt about him? Yes, he was a trusted friend. Lucy Letby was asked directly whether her relationship with Dr A was anything more than a friendship. She insisted it wasn't, but admitted they had met up outside work to go for coffees, meals or just a walk. But she said their friendship just fizzled out 
at the beginning of 2018 before she was arrested in July. Mr Myers also asked Lucy Letby about the word bastards that she'd written in capital letters on the back of this note. She told jurors she was referring to Dr Ravi Jayram and Dr Stephen Breary, who had pointed the finger at her. The courts previously heard that both doctors blocked Lucy Letby from returning to the unit, even though hospital managers wanted her back on the ward. Here's Mr Myers again. We've seen lots of text messages and lots of notes. Some people swear with complete abandon, whereas we do not see you swearing in text messages. No, that's not language I would use. Why use that language in this note for yourself? Because that's how I felt about some people. Was it directed at any people in particular? Yes, Ravi Jayram and Steve Breary. Why did you say that about them? Because of the things they were saying about me. So after almost four hours in the witness box yesterday, Mr Myers finished by asking Lucy Letby directly about whether she murdered or tried to murder the 17 babies we've heard about in this trial. This was the final dramatic exchange between them. You understand the allegations are of murder and attempted murder? Yes. Have you ever tried to kill any baby you cared for? No. Have you ever intentionally harmed or tried to intentionally harm any babies as alleged? No, never. Have you ever introduced air intravenously or forced air down a nasal gastric tube? No, I haven't. Have you ever done that with the intention of killing a baby? No. Or for any other reason for that matter? No. Have you ever overfed a baby with the intention of killing him or her? No, never. Or done that to a baby for any other reason? No. Have you ever used insulin with the intention of killing a baby or harming him in some other way? No. Have you ever committed a physical assault on a baby in your care with the intention of killing him or her? No. Or hurting them? No. What did you want to do with the babies you were looking after? Care for them. To do my best for them. To help them. So that's it for this special bonus episode. The jury have a couple of days off now, but on Friday they're due back to hear what Lucy Letby has to say about the specific allegations relating to each baby. She denies causing any of them any harm. I'll be in court as usual, and we'll bring you all the detail in our usual episode on Monday. You can also read my reports on the case in the mail and on Mail Plus. You can give us a rating and you can follow us on Twitter at Lucy Letby Trial or send us an email at thetrialofluciletby at gmail.com. Just to say, we are reading all of your emails, so please do keep sending them. But because of the legal restrictions in this case, we're not always able to reply. See you on Monday. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Our hit series, Everything I Know About Me, is back for a brand new season. And this time, our guest needs no introduction. Of course you find me, Darren! But here's one anyway. Hi, I'm Gemma Collins, and this is everything I know about me. If you think you know all about Gemma Collins, think again. Because this is the GC as you've never heard her before. It's been exhausting. Unashamed. And I was really heartbroken because I was pregnant and he was having an affair. Unfiltered. I have had an operation as well years ago. I have a designer vagina. Yeah, baby. I don't have Carol toe. Unbelievable. And then they advised me, you need to have a termination. And, uh, yeah... I remember that being really stressful. Everything I know about me with Gemma Collins is out this Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.